Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward. Each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. Today's episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast is a follow-up to last week's episode when we were speaking with Disney bride Amanda Apple about her wedding at Seabreeze Point and Living Seas Salon. Amanda is a professional florist, and over the course of the interview, she began to share a lot of great tips for saving money on your floral and decor at a Disney wedding, and for working with the Disney florist to get exactly what you have envisioned. So I thought it would be great to have a separate show devoted exclusively to all these wonderful resources and tips and ideas that Amanda shared with me, so that anyone planning an event at Walt Disney World could get a sort of insider's look at how to do floral and decor from someone who does it professionally and also had a Disney event. Let's listen as Amanda Apple shares some great tips and tricks for floral and decor planning for Disney's fairy tale weddings. Okay, one of the things I would recommend is if you love, say, Phalaenopsis orchids or garden roses or something that's more exotic, like a gardenia or something like that, that's more that's pretty expensive per bloom, um, like all sorts of orchids, that sort of thing. I would recommend putting those only in the bouquets or only in the bride's bouquet. I mean, those are the most photographed, so why not just put those more exotic, more desired flowers in those because they're in all your photographs. And then for the centerpieces, bulk up with maybe stuff that's cheaper relative to size that will kind of fill up but give you the color you want, give you the kind of the overall look that you want that, you know, aren't as photographed that don't you know that just don't necessarily need it so and and that's what I did I phalaenopsis orchids are my favorite but I wasn't about to pay $75 a stem for them you know down in Disney so right. I just put them in my bouquet that's that's one tip okay do you have any questions on that? <laughs> um, no, but actually, I just thought of a question. And I don't know if I dare ask you on the air. Or okay, <laughs> um, I want to know what is the deal with Disney's roses? They're never open all the way. I don't know why they do that. I have no idea. So they could make them open. What I do is, and I I think this might be because of the risk of them dying faster, and maybe it's just kind of like a Disney liability thing, but. I mean, me, what I do is I get flowers in on a Wednesday for a Saturday wedding. If it's roses, I usually leave them out like two days out of the cooler. Everything else goes into the cooler. The roses stay out. I let them open nice and fat and big and fluffy because that's what the majority of brides want. I had one bride one time that wanted them nice and closed, and which was kind of weird for me. So I actually had to put them straight into the cooler and not bring them out at all until the day of her wedding because she wanted them to look like those nice closed, kind of more of a bullet look. Mm-hmm. But I don't know why Disney does that. I'm I'm not quite sure. And I, I think that if maybe a bride wanted them nice and open and fat, they could ask and say, this is how I want them to look. Because I made sure, it's funny that you say that, because I made sure when I was planting my flowers, I told them I want my roses 
nice and open. I don't like the closed look, you know, that I've seen before in a lot of Disney work. I want them nice and open. And and again, that that could just be a Disney making sure that their roses are perfectly fresh and no chance of wilting or petals falling apart or dying too fast or and that might be Florida weather. I don't know. Interesting. So, but your roses were open. Uh, the reception, yeah. I mean, it might that might just be what it is. It, it's because if I was to let a rose open and then it goes out in eighty degree heat, it's gonna like kind of quickly kind of start to shrivel up and die. But and maybe that's just why they do that. Interesting. There is also another thing that probably I don't know if anybody else notices this, but. All of Disney's bouquets are made with bouquet holders. Brides just can't see them. Right. And and they do that because it's Florida weather. So you'll never get that really pure hand-tied, like literally actually hand-tied, hand-gathered, you know, stem-wrapped. They don't do that. And I think that's because of the heat. They do this thing where they use this plastic white bouquet holder and it's got um, a water, basically kind of like a water, it's basically a foam. It's like a floral foam and it's at the top and they put all the flowers in that and that's why they all look so perfectly round. Interesting. And then the fake stems at the bottom, because like I noticed mine was supposed to look hand-tied, but it had fake stems at the bottom. Correct. Yeah. And I wondered if I should start doing that for some of my weddings that are in the summertime here. <laughs> <laughs> um, another tip would be, and I, I guess I said this earlier, but um, if if nobody's bothered about boutonnieres and corsages, just don't even don't even bother with them because so I get a lot of moms, and I don't know if this is just like a trend of the 2000s, but a lot of moms, when I'm talking to them, they're like, I am not wearing a corsage. Those things are so ancient. And so you could just forego those because a corsage averages is about $25 to $30 a piece, and you say you need like six corsages because of the moms and grandmas. I mean, that – that's what, 150 bucks right there. Right. And, you know, the boutonnieres, same thing. If if the dads and grandpas aren't worried about it, just don't bother. I mean, a lot of more formal weddings that are larger and people want to kind of signal who's who, then, yeah, it makes sense. But it's kind of one of those things that's not a necessary expense. So I that's something I recommend. Renting large items, like large glass, instead of just renting like small trinkets, um, what I did is I rented like those 24-inch tall risers, and you could just put an arrangement on the top of that, and then you've got your rental glass at what, like 20 bucks each, and it creates a dramatic height in the room. It really fills up the space visually, so it's not just kind of low on the table. That's something that I always recommend. Some brides are kind of scared of that because oh, it's going to, you can't see across the table, but it really doesn't block that much of the sight line. So so as opposed to like the little, a bunch of mint julep cups or something with a few flowers in them, just do one big grand tall arrangement. Right. Yeah. I mean, as long as that grand tall arrangement isn't packed full of roses and orchids and it's, you know, maybe you kind of mix a lot of greens in there, hydrangea, <laughs> that sort of thing. But like, that's what I did. I just, I rented little lanterns. I rented the glassware, all that stuff. So these are great tips. Okay. So another tip that I have, um, and I always try to get my local brides to do this, but they think it's like not a big deal, but upgrading your linens is makes a huge difference in the room. I just don't understand why some people kind of don't see that, but if you upgrade your linens, even if it's just changing the color to just something other than white, 
even if you had a teeny tiny arrangement on the table or just rose petals, it would still make a dramatic difference in the room and really bring a pop of color, really fill the room. What we did is we had um, like a some sort of uh, like a taffeta plum colored linen and then we had like crushed red velvet uh, napkins with little gold ropes and then it just really like when you walked in the room it was like wow it was like color and I had small arrangements I really did other than the tall tall tree like one that was relatively inexpensive and it just made a huge difference in the room so I totally recommend upgrading the linens. Okay, now I have a question about that. Do you think it would be cheaper to change just the color of the tablecloth or to put a fancy or a colored runner over the traditional white tablecloth? I think runners are kind of, I think, okay, I'm a monochromatic person. I love like just, how do I say this? (laughs) No, I think I know what you're talking about because I'm a contrasty person. Like I always want the two opposites on the color wheel, but I know some people are like, I want 50 shades of blue. (laughs) Right, right. Um, I love contrast and I also love monochromatic, but I think when you say, for example, you have a white tablecloth and you do like a bright red runner across it or even any other color, it doesn't matter. I feel like it looks messy to me visually, Interesting. but yeah, I don't know why I think that, (laughs) but you put, you know, an all red linen on there and then you've got your white, you know, China and all that stuff. I don't know. Just something about it just is a real, you know, great pop of color. And and you could even, for brides that even don't want to spend money on a centerpiece or flowers, they could just change the linen color and maybe even just put some candles in the center of the table and some rose petals. And that is gorgeous in itself. Right. And cheaper than doing a big centerpiece. So that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we did like the super upgraded linens, like those taffeta ones or whatever they're called. And I mean, they weren't that bad. They were like, what, 30, 40 bucks a piece. And you're not going to get a centerpiece for 30 or 40 bucks a piece. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it allows your like you can even do small, even a smaller centerpiece. And it doesn't look like, oh, you have this dinky centerpiece in the center of the table. It kind of looks like the table flows with the centerpiece. And then the centerpiece is just maybe even an accent. It it kind of takes the focus away from what's in the center of the table. And again, I don't know why I think that, but that's just what I've seen at weddings, that's just that's just how it goes. You change that linen and it just is like, wow. It just changes it completely. Yeah, no, I mean, I can picture exactly what you're talking about and I'm kicking myself now because I'm like, oh, we could have just changed our tablecloths and then it wouldn't have been so obvious that we didn't have centerpieces. <laughs> oh, <gosh>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, those coulda, shoulda, wouldas after a wedding. That's how it goes, right? right. <laughs> okay, so my other one is Uh, rose petals like in a vase or rose petals on a table, floating candles. I did a wedding or I've done a couple of weddings where they didn't really want flowers. But what we did is on each table, they had three cylinders and it was like you had a really tall, tall one that was like 24 inches. Then you have one that's kind of in the middle and then you have like a really small one. Well, say, you know, each of those have the floating candle and then you have some rose petals that are floating in the water and then you have some rose petals on the table and some little votives on the table. I mean, it just, it sounds really kind of basic and boring, but it looks absolutely stunning and gorgeous and romantic. And I got a lot of wows from guests when they walked into the reception for those those two different ones that I'm referring to. But And you just do all one color and it really pops when you walk in the room. Now, were you allowed to use, because isn't there a limit of like three open flames per table or something, or did they have you use the fake candles? I think for Living Seas, it was four. Interesting. Yeah. And so what we did is we had, 
how did we have? I think I just had like four little like little lanterns, like four little mini baby lanterns with tea lights. And then um, I guess the whole monochromatic thing leads me to my other comment. Um, when you're doing your flowers, if you really don't want to do a ton of flowers, if you stick with one like overall color palette, like maybe say all reds or all pinks or all you know green or all yellow, that provides a bigger impact than mixing colors in your arrangements. Like if you mix yellow and blue together, it kind of breaks up the volume, the visual volume, it kind of makes the arrangement look smaller as opposed to like if you do all one color. It just, it's that's just the way it is. So <laughs> <laughs> great tip. Yeah, that's another tip is just doing like all one color because it just has a, a greater impact. Silk isn't cheaper. That's my other tip. <laughs> you know, I often think that because a lot of times people say, well, can I bring in my own silk flowers to save money? And I'm thinking, well, if you want them to look good, they're not going to be that much cheaper. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, unless you repeatedly go back to, you know, the local craft store with coupons upon coupons, then yeah, maybe you could, but they're just as expensive. <laughs> and then, okay. Avoid accessories and bling. That's another one. Is this personal preference or is this to save money? I love lots of sparkly things, but <laughs> when it comes to saving money for like the bouquets and stuff, if you asked for like a, a diamond cuff on it or a, an, of course, fake diamond, but, and like little jewels in the bouquet, I mean, those things add up, you know, like a couple bucks a piece to like 10, 15 bucks a piece and you have like 10 or 15 of them. I mean, it, it, it adds money that if you're not that worried about it, just don't bother. Hmm. Um, reusing your ceremony floral, but I think Disney tells everybody that all the time anyways. Right. Do half of the tables a large arrangement and half of the tables something short and less expensive. That's another tip. Because I have some brides that like want this really dramatic, crazy centerpiece and then I price it out for 20 of them and then they're like, oh, whoa, never mind. I don't want that. And then I'm like, okay, well, how would you feel if your, you know, 10 of them were basically half that price? And then they're like, oh, okay, because then I can get that dream centerpiece I want, but I don't have to do it on all of them. Right. Or doing some really big obnoxious centerpiece on either the head table, the sweetheart table, or I don't think it fit on a sweetheart table, but um, – or like a focal area, whether it's like a, a table that has food around it, the entry table that has the escort card, something like that where – you know, it's more of a focal piece. You'll get photographs of it. It's kind of a, I don't know, it's like a showstopper. I, th that's kind of a cool way to do something that you really want to do. Be, that way you don't have to do it on all, all of your tables. Right. So that's that's another idea. Um, stay away from those palmanders, those little kissing balls. Because, <laughs> I mean, they get packed with at least 50 different stems of flowers and and, and that's the small one. So they add up quick. And even if they're done in daisies or carnations, I mean, they add up really fast and they're, they're pretty expensive. So, hmm. and a lot of brides think they're cheap and they're not. And of course I said, use lots of candles and petals to add fullness to the centerpiece. Um, oh, using the bridal bouquets on the head table or the sweetheart table to decorate with instead of like getting an arrangement for the table. What I did is we just kind of laid the bouquets all on the front of the table. And I don't know if Disney recommends that to their brides or not. 
I think they do because they didn't bat an eye when I wanted to use mine and they said, we have a vase you can use for five bucks that you can stick it in. My question would be, is there a way to do that? Because a lot of times you see it and they're just like, boom, boom, boom. They just dropped them on the table. Is there a way to do it so it looks like a classy floral arrangement? I would say getting a vase is not clear. Ah. Yeah, so then you can't see that it is a bridal bouquet. <laughs> yeah, something that looks just like that you can't see through that's either decorative or even if you provide it yourself, go to, you know, go to your nearest craft store and get something that you think complements your wedding theme, just getting something like that or telling Disney what you want and then, you know, seeing what they have for rental that's along those lines. And they have a ton of rental stuff. It is unbelievable. Yeah, I wish they had a catalog that was like online or something where people could see all the options. It seems like you sort of have to know what to ask for. Correct. Yeah. Which, eh, yeah, that's kind of tough. But being a floral vendor, I understand they they have an unlimited supply because they can get it from so many different vendors. Like, I don't have a book for my brides. I wish I could. But I mean, there's so much stuff that... A bride could tell me I need a cylinder at this height, and I'll be like, okay, I can do that because I can get a cylinder just about every inch height there is, every inch width there is, and or like a lantern. Like I told them I wanted lanterns. And so there there's so many different lantern options, like something that was English garden, something that was vintage, something that was Moroccan, something that was more like Colonial Williamsburg. There was like so many different options. You just kind of had to tell them what you were looking for, and then she sent me like – five different ones. And then I just picked the one I like the best. So. Okay. So the tip there might be, you know, do your research on Pinterest or on the wedding blogs and come to them with your ideas and let them, you know, turn it up. Yes. That's because I think that worked perfectly because, you know, hoping they have a catalog, it's just like, I mean, it just kind of, I think that's just kind of the nature of the business that we just have. It's like a clothing, having a clothing, like a mall of clothes, like, okay, well, I'm not going to give you a catalog of all of our clothes because we've got so many different kinds. You just kind of have to narrow it down and say, okay, well, I want this or this type of vase or this is the look I'm going for. And then they'll just kind of come back at you with, okay, these are your options within that range. So yeah, you kind of have to know when, I think when you're talking with Disney florist, you kind of have to know like, okay, this is kind of what I want and help me narrow it down. Do you have suggestions of good places online that people can go to get ideas? I think the best ones are, and the most current stuff is like those popular wedding blogs, like um, Elizabeth Ann Designs. Um, they've got a lot of current stuff, and we've been on there twice. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then uh, like Green Wedding Shoes. Um, I think there's like Ruffled Blog. Uh, we've got one local that's like United with Love, um, Capital Romance for DIY brides. There's there's a lot of local ones and then there's a lot of like national ones. You just kind of maybe have to type in like wedding blog and a lot will pop up. And it has a lot of current stuff, a lot of inspirational stuff. And there's a lot of new like inspirational um, style shoots that are Disney themed. Mm. Yeah. I actually, for our flower shop, we actually did um, an Alice in Wonderland themed photo shoot. And a lot of other vendors out there are doing these style shoots now, and it's making it a lot easier for brides to get ideas for their weddings. So um, blogs are the best way. They're the most current, and they're the most current styles, most current, yeah, I mean, it's up to date. And of course, Pinterest, but Pinterest can can be overwhelming. Yes. Whereas if you just kind of go to these blogs and maybe click on what you're looking for, it, you can kind of narrow it down within that blog. But yeah, that's, I mean, those are a good place. Elizabeth Ann Designs is probably one of my favorites that's a national one that has a lot of stuff. 
great tip. Thank you so much for joining me today. This has been really helpful and informative, fascinating, and all those wonderful things. So thank you for sharing your time. Thank you for having me. This was fun. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at passporter.com weddings.asp or in print at passporter.com and amazon.com.